0: In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about Gordon updates, hardware reliability, and RAM testing. We go. good. Welcome to episode 274 of The Full Nerd Podcast. Checking my notes. Yep, that is it. I am your fill-in host uh, for this week, Adam Patrick-Murray, on the line I have two important bearded gentlemen. The first one is Steven from Gaywords Nexus. Uh thank you for, for coming in Stephen.
1: I know a lot of people don't know your work, but I wanted to bring you on and, you know, yeah. Uh, introduce It yourself. always always helps, you know, to <laughs> have someone who cares so thank you adam <laughs> uh,
0: i do care i do care steve uh
1: and then uh also on the line
0: is uh is a uh, will smith uh from you know I, w- I was gonna write down in my notes here from everything uh you you work on the Crusis <laughs> video game go pick that up uh brad and will make a tech pod uh before that you were tested before that maximum pc do you go all the way back to boot with gordon or
2: I uh, the first thing I wrote for Maximum PC was the third issue of Maximum PC. Oh, okay. So wow. I uh, I started. I was at Ars Technica from '98 until 2000. Oh, Ars! They, they switched over from Boot to Max PC in like late '99, I think.
0: Interesting. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you, you go go way back, way back, way uh, back. I- yeah, speaking of way back, uh, Willis is is just prancing around over in uh, in Europe right now. So I had to get a, a, a fill in Willis, uh, which is actually Dan uh, who used to work here years and years ago. Hi, good Dan.
3: morning, everyone. Yeah,
0: good g- good to see you, Dan. It's uh, Dan has been freelancing. You, you, we don't have credits in in our videos or anything, but uh, he he does edit uh, some of our videos. Uh, so he he freelances here and there, and then when when wills was like hey i need to take a vacation i don't know who approved that uh i did for some reason uh but yeah i i, I was like dan i, I want to get dan back in again so thanks yeah it's always that. good
3: to be back in the office yeah nice nice hat too you're wearing
0: a full <laughs> nerd hat there we go uh playing the part uh anyway uh thank you thank you thank you gentlemen for for joining me today we, we got a fun episode going um i think i think let, let's just dive into the first topic which is uh gordon uh if you hadn't heard uh you should definitely go back and listen to last week's special special edition of the Full Nerd. Uh I actually sat down and, and had a, a good long chat with Gordon. We we only planned it for being like half an hour, but he was so excited to get on the mic and and start talking about stuff we ended up going for a little over an hour so so that was uh that was pretty fun. Uh and specifically uh you know we kind of wanted to talk about uh where he's been, what he's been up to. Uh he revealed on the show if if you haven't listened yet that uh he he is battling cancer uh and so he's he's officially on medical leave that's why he's not uh hanging around here we're you know he he needs some time obviously to uh to deal with this and and but uh in in making the video uh it was definitely something we had been working on for a while and and it it was tough but i think it was ultimately good that we got it out there and and thank you for the kind words there were so many so many people who came in on on youtube and uh, maybe, I don't know about you, Steve, but I'm just so used to like negative comments coming in that it, it just <laughs> yeah. felt so good to have a video where like every single comment on there was just people being like, hey, I usually never comment on YouTube videos, and she wanted to say, hey, I've been you know reading Gordon's stuff for over 20 years, and everyone has been super nice, so thank, thank you about that. Um, and then, Steve, yeah, you even left a, a, a nice <laughs> message, too. Uh, thank you.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll say, too, the the comments when people do, because I was reading the same comment section when people do say hey i never leave a comment you know but i wanted to then they write a message for gordon to me that's that those are always the ones that i i really sincerely appreciate you know because right uh that says someone actually thought whatever the topic is that they're commenting on was important enough to you know okay maybe they don't they don't think it's a good use of their time to write internet comments. And this particular thing they thought it was. And like, those are always the ones that I, I, I try to really pay attention to. So, so that was, it was nice to see. I'm, I'm glad, uh, I know Gordon was reading a lot of them as well. So.
0: Yeah. Super, super heartfelt, uh, friend of the show, Ziv, uh, I think you know, Ziv, Steve uh, he says, yeah. uh, uh, Gordon has, uh, been defeated by the internet with love uh yeah <laughs> a very rare
1: very rare occurrence yeah. exactly
0: exactly um but yeah i mean in, in the course of the talk i'm not going to recap the whole thing you should definitely go back and uh and watch it or listen to it um but you know he 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 definitely has plans to to get back to it obviously his resolve uh to get back to testing is 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 huge and and you know i'm hoping for a, a speedy recovery on that uh we'll we'll talk more about it later but the like it has been I can I can say from chatting with him I know both you Steve and uh and Will have been chatting with him as well offline and like he he's somebody who who definitely uh has a hard time missing out on things uh, his FOMO is very real yeah. Steve or Will you, you go way back with Gordon even way way further than, than Steve and I for uh, sure has he always had that like uh that you know he just loves to be in the thick of things and and hates missing out on things.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the longest I ever remember him being away from work in the 20 years that I've known him um like when he scheduled his wedding he looked at the release calendar and and they figured out the time based on like when idf and when all the different stuff that he goes to and and cares about is so that he wouldn't so he could so he could take actually like i think he took two weeks off um <laughs> during which time we filled his his cubby with boxes to the ceiling so um that still happens yeah 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 i mean the difference was it was it was maybe a little bit cleaner before he left than it usually was. We just wanted to make him let him know he was missed. So yeah, he's he's always been like this, and and it's always there, like always. Always, I I don't ever remember missing a CPU event ever. Yeah, so. no,
0: I, he he missed the launch of the the Ryzen seven seventy eight hundred X three D earlier this year because he he had to uh, he had got COVID, and yeah, he he was just like, oh, he was he was so angry about that. So, yeah. uh, obviously uh, this is a different situation and, you know, he, he's, he's really focusing on, on getting done what he needs to get done. Um, uh, but he's, he's definitely chomping at the bit to, to get back to it. So,
2: <laughs> well, and he's, he's got a lot of good support from his family and his, and his, and his, 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 his extended family. And I know you all are taking good care of him and, and all that. So he, he's, he's, um, he's focused on healing now, which is, which is what he should be doing, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. So you know, and uh, in in the time that he needs, you know, I'll, I said this in the last podcast, but uh, I'll reiterate. You know, please give him some some privacy and space uh, while he deals with this. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll be in communication on the the episodes. Uh, you know, if there's any updates or if he has a message that uh, that I'll pass along. Um, but yeah, in, in in the meantime, he he is. Uh, he is watching and, and and lurking when he can and and luckily we're working in the background he he has been helping helping me a lot uh you know helping uh, to, you with a cpu bench right he, he's he's helped me with that stuff but then especially uh, innovation that was the first event uh that we went to i mean it's a smaller event but it was the first event we went to without him uh and i was i was you know messaging him be like hey well, I, I heard this i saw this check this out. <laughs> uh you know how, how 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 should we cover this and yeah so
1: he's. I said this in the in the comment also, but uh, for not that I not that I think any of the meaner commenters are necessarily watching right now, but be nice to Adam because <laughs> Adam, you've been you've been doing a you have uh, a a massive amount to have to try and cover with like the CPU launch coming up and producing the whatever content you guys are producing and you know, I, I told you before privately, but. I sincerely you're doing a very good job so <laughs> well, uh you. you know the field reporting's been good you got a couple exclusive pieces a while ago so um so i mean i i like i said before i i like that you and gordon are able to kind of cover for each other where we where each need it so uh,
0: you know i i don't know if I, I would say i'm covering for gordon uh you know i am I'm, I'm no gordon that ne- never will be but yeah no one no one I, I know, is yeah, yeah definitely not but i think it's it's funny because you know when I when I first started here, uh, like I, I I had followed Gordon for a long time, and I was just like, oh sweet, I get to work with Gordon, hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and so I remember going to our first, probably CES was uh, I think mm. the first time I got to shoot with him. Dan, Dan was there too at the time, and and I, I remember just like following him around. I, I was just a camera guy, you know, just following him around and be like, oh wow, everybody loves Gordon. Yeah, Gordon's awesome, isn't he? Uh, and so yeah, it it does feel weird now to to kind of be on the the other side of things so
2: (laughs) well it's it's a thing it's a thing i like i felt the same way when i started at maximum pc in 2000 Mm -hmm. right like like i was like oh man i get to come hang out with gordon i get to learn with gordon i get to sit here and ask him questions and and i had been reading his stuff at that point for you know two three years i guess but um but but it's it's when you walk around the show floor it's not just like Gordon is divisive sometimes in terms of in, in his online persona, <laughs> but, but the amount of love he gets both from fans and viewers and readers and, and also from people on the other side of the table at the in, in, in industry meetings, like, like you earn that kind of respect from people in the industry by giving good, honest, fair reviews for a really long time. And, um, you know a lot of the times he would write a negative review of something and then you'd hear in the next time we'd go to a meeting with them they'd be like well look we all knew that but people weren't listening to us or or you know we yeah. thought it was going to be a problem we didn't think it was going to be that bad or or whatever and um like it it's it's hard to overemphasize what a kind of pillar he is in the in the in the space uh so every everybody's rooting for him and everybody's hoping he gets better soon hell yeah
0: yeah and it is is He's, he's definitely missed so we we hope he, he gets back to it uh, as as soon as he can but hey you know take take as much time as he can uh do what you need to do gordon we we miss you for sure so like like i said we'll we'll provide updates uh, where applicable but in the meantime yeah i'm i'm uh, just trying to hold down the fort and and not not light too many things on fire uh so
1: yeah. Well you'll have CPUs to do that with, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh so l- let's move over to the to the next thing. Uh speaking of uh being reliable, uh hardware. You know, so Will, you kinda of brought this up because we you you've been you've been itching for the past couple of weeks to talk about this. Uh you, you've had we, all right, I'll back up, sorry. We did a build, what was it? God, when did we it's do that November, build? December? Yeah, somewhere last year. around that. We 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 did a live build brought you in was like hey let's let's build a new new system for for will you were on a 9900k with a i can't remember a 3080 something like that uh, 3080
2: 4090 so i might have had the 4090 in there but it was, oh, it, was thr- right. it was like the cpu was not was throttling that that video card pretty hard so. definitely
0: so we were like oh yeah, yeah let's let's come in and let's build together but you have had non-stop problems with this with this rig and it's it's kind of making you question the 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 reliability of pc hardware right now right
2: well well, so I, it's it's one of the things I like. I'm stoked to have Steve here because i I'm curious. You you spend more time with more hardware, I think, than 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 either of us. Um, but, but you know, we, we've reached a spot with CPUs, especially where we're kind of like the they, they can't just drive you know coast on process stuff anymore to to get faster. So they're having to make these processors increasingly complicated. and They're doing things like moving the memory controllers around and and it, like. I'm wondering if you're seeing lower reliability kind of across the board. I know you just did a big, kind of survey of a, of a bunch of bunch of different hardware, and and I I'm I curious what your what your take on that is, and if you think it's a real. It, it, it's hard for me to tell because I have a single sample, or well, three samples at this point. Yeah, so I sent a bunch of hardware back, but
1: right. A lot of ours is in the grand scheme of things low sample size. You know, I mean, the biggest sample size thing we did was that 68 CPUs. And uh, I think I think the most we did of any one was twenty three or something, but we didn't have any failures or anything like that and the actually the sort of unit to unit I guess reliability of the spec was remarkably uh consistent, so that was cool to see. Um, it feels like there's more. Stories about like failing, for example, twelve volt high power cables, the NZXT H1 case, the gigabyte power supply, the X3D CPUs with the ASUS boards. But I, I still think that may be kind of an amplification effect where um, a lot of those don't actually originate on media; they originate on social media, like Reddit. Yeah, and just because of how big those sites are now, you get one person who has one thing happen, it, it gets pushed up to the top. And then someone else had that thing happen. They talk about it, so it's really hard to differentiate. Like this might be kind of a normal amount of failures. It's just we never really heard about them before because it was handled through an RMA process, and you know no one no one was interested in posting it on Reddit or something. So.
2: It also feels like maybe the tools for diagnosing the failures are a little bit better. Like, like you're able to tell more, like before you just be like, Oh, my CPU is blue screening. Let me swap out memory sticks. It's not the mem- swapping out memory sticks. Didn't fix it. So it's probably the CPU. Right. Right. Um, whereas now you can, you can stress individual parts of the, of the CPU and, or hit, hit just the memory controller or whatever. And, and software has gotten more.
1: very good. Yeah. For the user level diagnosis. I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's gotten very powerful and there's, great tools you can buy for cheap now. I mean, you know, you can buy cool power meters and things like that from Elmore, Elmore's lab, um, sort of enthusiast tool makers, basically. So definitely agree with that, which maybe also kind of builds the case for we're hearing about failures more because people have better access to understand them or try to understand them. So I don't have, definitely don't have any numbers to suggest you know, like a higher failure rate overall. That said, I, I really wouldn't be shocked if the uh, products coming out during the, the sort of COVID supply shortages might have trended higher on failures because it seems like everyone was was running faster than maybe they could well, to try the, and keep the, up. There's also, especially around the launch of a brand new system, I, I
0: know I, I had horrible problems getting uh, RAM, RAM stability. Well, we'll talk about RAM a little bit later, but keeping ram stable on my 1200 uh 12900k system i was just like wow i can't overclock this worth anything uh i mean that's not just a hardware thing <laughs> for sure but yeah i mean so around any kind of new launch uh yeah happens so will you're saying i mean in, in all these years that, that that you covered at max BC, like you don't feel like like the, there were these groundswells of of hardware problems over the years
2: I mean, we definitely had, we definitely, we definitely had some hardware that was bad. You know, I was there during the Death Star days, right? Um, when, when your, what, IBM 75 GXPs would, would w- run really well for about six months and then they'd just start dropping like flies. <laughs> um, the, the, but, but I mean, and, and we had, There were definitely CPUs and GPUs that were that were difficult, right? Like the the some of the late era Pentium fours, where they were where they were they were just cranking out a ton of heat for the coolers of the time, and and like you would see overheating problems. We we um the the Nvidia fifty eight hundred, GeForce fifty eight hundred, no was notoriously loud, so they could keep that thing cool. Um, and then we always, you know, we did a, a write-in column every month where, when the let when when August would hit, we'd start getting letters from people as their rooms were getting warmer and their power supplies were getting less efficient. And the power was sagging, and they'd be like, "Hey, my computer was fine two months ago, and now I'm getting black screens all the time." And and you know, that's just straight up, yo, know, your power supply is not big enough for for your 85 degree room, but it works great when your room's 70 degrees the rest of the year. So, so
1: I have I have a question for in the when you're working at the magazines so these days everything everything happens really fast from a coverage perspective you know something pops up on reddit and it's a product failure of some kind and um anyone who's thinking about covering it you make a decision pretty quickly you know you start trying to collect information and within days you're probably talking about it uh and obviously it's um it's easier to to collect information now with Uh, how widespread forums are and things like that. But, but in the early days of max PC or other magazines, especially if you guys heard about some type of big story, like product failure or whatever it was controversy about a product, I'm assuming it got to you maybe a little slower, uh, or at least it popped up on the radar slower like how um, did you how did you deal with uh, latency?
2: Well, so they were pretty good. They, they were still message boards back then. It wasn't yeah. like centralized. You, you, we didn't have the one. Reddit has essentially absorbed all of the other message boards with a few exceptions, right? Um, but like hard OCP was 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 really high traffic back then. I think Tom still had uh, at that point. Tom hadn't been bought by the by the French publisher, and they still had message boards. We had message boards at Maximum PC from 2000 on. And um, we would get reasonably good traffic on on like kind of hot button issues. But the thing you didn't have was that filter that bumps up the the one that like because because like you said, 50 people hitting the same post on Reddit can bump it up to the top of one of the hardware boards on Reddit. And, and, um, it gives you that, that loop. So at max PC, when we were doing technical troubleshooting, we tried to cherry pick the questions that would help the most people. Cause you know, it was a 350,000 person magazine and, you know, across those 350,000 people, you had everybody from like, you know, in 2001, they would have been, there would have been people running like Pentium 60s still probably all the way up to somebody running a, you know, 800 megahertz Pentium three or, or, or something like that. Um, so, so you kind of had to, you had to kind of look for the broadest possible thing, and we didn't dig down into specifics too much. Now, the place we did get into specifics was in Gordon's column, which was the Watchdog, where he would kind of go after malfeasance in the industry, um, and and that's why people like that—that that was one of the places he got early chops was by calling IBM and being like, "Hey, man, you, you've got a we're we've got three hundred people have written us that their Death Stars have failed." um and then he'd talk to the lawyers and and you know he'd look into Lexis nexus and all sorts of stuff to track down people who whose companies had disappeared or, or whatever it was and, and that kind of stuff we would we would connect people directly and i think he even did that if the if the if it wasn't for publication like if somebody wrote in and was like hey i have a question about this he'd direct them to the lawyers during the class action for their for their refund or whatever um but but it but it wasn't like it was harder to reach out it was harder to get back in touch with somebody because, like, you'd send them an email, you'd send them you'd you'd have a bunch of questions, you send them a big long response, and like three times out of ten, they wouldn't respond at all to the email. But you're like, hey, I need some more right. questions, to, more answers, tell yeah. people all the So stuff. when
1: you were, ch- were you, was there any challenge with chasing on a magazine publication cadence? Like, did the story become? W- was there more concern about it becoming irrelevant within a month? For example, uh,
2: no, because because like the people. There weren't as many people doing the work even online at the time, right? Okay. Like Anantech and Tom's, to a less extent Tom's at that point, but like Anan was doing really good, like kind of chasing stuff down, but was still mainly focused on big releases at that point. Um, and the the little stuff was more of something you did to kind of fill in the content gaps. Uh, it's And we, we did that at the, we when, when the magazine went online in 2005, maybe, I don't know, it was around the time I was the editor, became the editor, we launched a website um we started chasing that stuff a little bit more then as well um but it, but it was it like the shortest turn from a story we wrote to for example when the GeForce 3 review came in with free, 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 free they gave us early access and it was 3 weeks before the embargo that web people had and literally the embargo was timed for our print for the first day that it could be out of the printing press to people right um, so, cause, cause Jensen wanted the cover. He wanted, he wanted a picture uh, of that chameleon okay. on the cover. And, and so I, I literally went down there. I spent two days re- testing, running benchmarks and was like, Hey, I like, a. this isn't a review. This is, this is our preview of the hardware that'll come. The reviews will be in the next month's issue. And, uh, here's, here's what the early benchmarks imply we had a whole big conversation about whether I was gonna bring one of our test benches so we could compare benchmarks across. I I eventually won that fight. That was a that was a that was a big point of contention. Um but I drug a drug a, a benchmark machine down, one of our test beds down, ran all the benchmarks and then came back and benchmarked everything else afterwards that we had in the house. And um the the but the scary part of that, you know what that's like. You you get one shot at that and like if you mess something up when you're sitting in the conference room at NVIDIA you you can't go back and do it again. Right. Yeah. And also I had twenty six hours or something from the time I sat down in that conference room to write the actual article uh or write the benchmarking section of the article. I guess I'd had the tech briefing before that. So, so, so but, but, but then people had that two weeks later. Yeah it, yeah. it was yeah, right? it was still two <laughs> weeks later and like we still were on a just a bust ass deadline to get that to all get right. that done and laid out and in the magazine and through proofing and all that stuff.
0: That's wild. Uh I I, I got two questions. Um Good questions from the chat. The first one, uh, sorry, I, I I lost the name, but uh, oh, here we go. Joel Miller asked, uh, "Are drivers included in this conversation?" Because I feel like that's a whole separate thing. It's like, do you do you feel like drivers are more or less complicated nowadays? I feel like it's probably less complicated, but I don't, I don't know. What what do you think?
1: Steve, I don't know. Do you know. I I think to me, on the GPU side, with all of the the modern tools they're pushing as like software packages accompanying the GPU, that seems like it's gotten very complicated. Um b- because you start looking at things like GeForce Experience and the Radeon Suite and all, all this everyone's trying to pull in as many things that used to be third party tools as possible into into one first party package and uh Well, but at least, I mean, the the idea of, hey, you throw a
0: piece of hardware in there and and for the the normal user, Windows is probably, I mean, if you have Windows Update correctly (laughs) running, you know, it would would download the latest driver. And sure, or actually, maybe it's not even the latest driver, but it's close enough. Yeah, I think 100%
1: from a user experience, it's probably gotten a lot easier because there's, there's, like you said, Windows does a lot more of it for you, at least at a basic level. And it seems like it's harder to kind of, screw up and cause driver conflicts i I remember that being a much bigger problem
2: (laughs) yeah it it doesn't happen as much these days um there's a weird kind of liminal space though between between like the the person who never thinks about this stuff at all and the person who thinks about it sometimes where like you have to know what the intel management engine does now and you have to update that with the your bios updates have to include that and like if you get those things out of sync then you can cause problems for yourself and and like it's i think it's i think it's I, I mean I think it's more complicated and maybe a not not ideal way a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. Well, I I mean it's also it's like I I think of uh I I helped a family member uh build a PC during the pandemic like remotely kind of thing and then he was having some problems uh and so we kind of connected a little later <laughs> and later I I don't know why he he must have switched the HDMI plug to the to the motherboard and was just playing off the IGP and it was just like Wait, you didn't? You didn't notice? <laughs> He's like, "Nah, I did. I didn't notice. I was just. I. I don't know why it was running. Where you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> you know. And so I mean, we... but that's like obviously you know lower. You know, not everybody here is is on that. I think if you're watching this stream, you kind of you're almost maybe too tuned in to the you know the exact parts and what they do and all that kind all of right. stuff.
1: Right. So. No, I've definitely. Um, I forget where it might have. I forget where it was, but. There was some. It might have been when I was at I was at Best Buy the other day. Actually, I think, but I overheard like a Geek Squad conversation where they're realizing that the customer uh, was not really using the the components to. I, the false potential which i th- right. think if i remember correctly it had to do with a driver configuration issue and something else mm-hmm. so i was eavesdropping on geek squad i was kind of curious <laughs> what what they try to deal with you're, but... you're just there with a little like megaphone and yeah while and i'm you, shopping yeah. for ssds <laughs> yeah uh like, this guy's weird <laughs> <laughs> huh? okay are, are, you, are yeah.
2: you ever tempted to help out when people are asking questions and the and the and the sales like
1: I I stop myself. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I don't. I try not to interfere. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that that
0: yeah.
2: Well, that that way lays lays danger. <laughs> exactly. I think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, I think the other thing too is uh, when we're talking about hardware reliability, we're talking about heat, right? I I feel like now more than ever, people need to think about thermals, and and even if it doesn't break anything, it at least limits the capability of of what you're doing because you're like oh why why is it running slow well it's it's really hot <laughs> what, what do you expect uh so like but you you had a problem with your aio on that build uh but w- it wasn't around heat and throttling or what what was the specific problem you had
2: so um i had an nzxt uh elite i uh i can't remember it's 53 i think it's the two two fourteen 14 centimeter radiator two fans 14 yeah. centimeter radiator. yeah um and it was a usb problem actually it was it was not getting enough usb power uh when i when i ran it directly with the cable they provided it would it would hang up and lock up uh fan control mostly on suspend and resumes mm. and then um when i put a when i put a just an internal usb uh like an internal header usb hub in the case that had direct power completely solved the problem uh which was which is like imagine think about how you troubleshoot that one when you don't have a whole lab full of hardware it was it was great fun they sent me a new one it did the same thing it was i i I was a real pain for the ncxt support people they were they were very helpful though it was a little slower than i would have liked but they were they were really helpful um the weird thing though has been the memory stuff with that machine because we we kind of when we built it I was I I do Unreal development at the day job and Unreal Four especially is loves memory bandwidth. So I had mentioned that in an offhand way to Adam, and he's like, "Let me show you this this seventy eight hundred mega transfer per second DDR five memory we have. We're going to put this in here." And I was like, "This is
0: and a, a two slot board or a two yeah. two dim board, you know, to get get that real fast memory
3: overclocking."
2: Like, like we made a stupid like it's a fun, I love the PC it is a stupid PC in the best possible way. <laughs> um and like i started getting crashes in fortnite and and uh and pubg both of those are games that use eac it took me a long time to figure out cuz other games i could play starfield i could play other games that use ray tracing cyberpunk whatever everything was fine no problems and then I went and looked at the event logs and the crashes I was getting in for in the, in the, the EAC games, easy anti cheat games weren't showing up in the windows log. So it was EAC detecting something screwy and just crashing the game because that's what EAC does when it thinks that somebody's cheating. Right. So because of the way easy anti cheat works, and I found this out by talking to one of the engineers at work is they basically just take all the addressable memory, the, all the available memory say, Hey, we're going to use all of this. And then they shuffle registers around inside that space. And as soon as they detect something, that doesn't check some, right? It crashes the game. Cause it assumes you're trying, you're trying to, to, to make your own rights to memory to change how much damage a bolt gun does or whatever. And once I looked at that, I went and loaded up a bunch of other EAC games and I started seeing the exact same crashes in all of them. I was like, Oh, something's up with the memory. So I got some slightly slower dims, put them in the problem has been solved. So was um, it
1: was it basically memory instability was triggering EAC to think that you were hacking?
2: Yeah, and and, <laughs> okay. and it's memory instability that didn't show up in mem test even on the extreme testing or in um uh like OCCT like all the normal things that I used to test for memory stability were passing clean. Even on the, like the ultimate torture test modes, which I've never seen. Like usually, if your memory is bad, you run mem test, and it's like, oh hey, your memory's bad. Um, and I wasn't getting that with this, which was which was a trip. Uh, the one the one thing that I haven't isolated because I don't have a bunch of CPUs here. Is somebody was like, maybe the C- it could be the memory controller on the CPU when you're running it at the high clock. Um, but but uh, I don't know. I put the 600 MT dims in, and everything's fine so far. So 6,000, sorry, not 600.
1: Six hundred would uh, six hundred probably fix it too. Yeah, I mean
2: six hundred. <laughs> probably the old DIMMs would have run at six hundred. I, I, I don't
1: know. I it, um, it won't offend me if you said no. But did either of you happen to see our AMD interview with uh, uh, Bill and Amit talking about stories about Ryzen when it was first coming online? Oh yeah yeah. yeah. When you went like, down to the to the actual uh, uh, place in Austin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's it's, a good interview. The reason I bring it up is just because of the. 600 MT, because they were telling me about how it was coming down to the wire to get a demo ready for, I think it was like an internal company demo, if I remember correctly, of, hey, here's Ryzen, this is the first one, it works, it boots, uh, and Lisa was going to be there, and all this stuff, so the pressure's on, and they told the story, and he said how they couldn't get it to post with memory, and uh, through all these trials and problems, they finally got it to work, and uh Amit from AMD said we finally got it to post at eighteen and uh, <laughs> it it went right past me because I was thinking like shorthand eighteen sixty six and he said no like literally one eight <laughs> period zero.
2: So they're running at <laughs> SD RAM speeds basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh that's funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well wow, that so was story.
1: relatively recent too.
0: Well so for yeah. the for the EAC thing because this is the question I had when you, you quickly told me that story, Will. Do you think there's a way to replicate that? Because if you're saying, like, all the usual RAM testing methods did not show that, but EAC was the only one that kind of, like, was able to to detect that, hey, something was wrong in there. Is there a way to, to replicate? Steve, could you make that a test in your <laughs> oh, test Oh, man, bench? I wouldn't. That'd be a
2: gnarly test. Um it's basically I think I think what you have to do is load up Fortnite and just play, play Fortnite because the EAC is not going to cooperate with anything you ask them for I don't think um, right. you just have to play Fortnite for three hours and see how many crashes you get I I, I don't know I'm curious what you think Steve yeah. it,
1: I mean if uh, I, I feel like any kind of anti-cheat or, or uh, anti-piracy software is always a good topic if you can the challenge with them is figuring out how to represent what it is what the shady behavior is, you know, that you think is there um, reliably because like you said, it's, it's a black box. You can't really see into it. So it's very hard to diagnose, but those, I think those topics are great. Cause like Denovo, um some people have done this test we haven't, but uh, testing, basically a pirated version of a game without something like de versus the legit version, you know, what's the performance impact one of the reasons we haven't done it is because it's, it's a little unclear to me from a YouTube side, like what their policies are, you know, for.
2: Yeah. Effect- it seems like you could get a strike for, for, from the, from the publisher for something like that.
1: Yeah. Cause you're effectively admitting that you've pirated the game. Cause yeah. that's the only way to do that test. Um, so that's, that's kept us away from it, but, but I've seen some people do those and they're interesting because sometimes there's big performance costs for that stuff. So.
2: I, I, I haven't looked at that. I mean, part, part of it these days is that the computer is fast enough. The computers are fast enough that, that like the impact of the anti-cheat is going to be lower than it was back in the, you know, in the early 2000s. Um, we, we definitely did some de novo tests when, so the place you can do that is often they'll patch the de novo out after like six months. Oh, okay. Um, but then, then it's still hard to get a, apples to apples because you're comparing like one different you know different versions of the same software maybe so Hmm. it's i'd be curious what the what the impact of that stuff is though
0: so uh to to get to some practical advice real quick because i I, i'd I'd like to at least try to ground that like when we're talking about the 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 hardware reliability stuff and and then the ram stuff like what what are you guys' go-to Uh, Let's start with you, Steve. What what is your go-to for when you're like, oh, you know what, I'm having some sort of hardware problem. What steps do you take? Even if it's just the most basic steps, like, you know, I mean, the joke is like, "Eh, have you defragged the hard drive or rebooted? Right, Uh, right. plugged
1: it in or whatever. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Uh, No, that's a good
1: question. Yeah, I, I think the standard steps are it depends what it is, right? Like if it's a no boot issue or a black screen issue or something, that's, that's pretty templated. I feel like you kind of typically will start with, obviously check all the cables, check all the power. Cause I, I think one of the most common ones for, for, um, a, well, any ex- PC builder, but especially an experienced ones is forgetting like the EPS 12 volt cable or something where it's, it's up there in the corner and you were going to go back for it and you forgot it. Uh, that's a common one, but mm otherwise normally it's going to be after checking cables and checking, making sure everything's seated fully and properly for me, typically Ram is the next stop, uh, you know, unsocket both sticks, socket one, swap them. And, um, if you have two sticks and single stick, you can't get it, still can't get it to boot. It's probably not the Ram. So normally I go to CMOS at that point, you know, you pull the battery, um, and uh, reset the BIOS, and typically that finds it. You know, if 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 you don't find it by that stage, then you're probably replacing hardware. So. Yeah,
0: to, to at least get to a post. Yeah, right. To be like, yeah. okay, well, what, what's going on in there? What what about in Windows? Say you're having like driver crashes, any you know, anything like that? What what's what's your go to?
1: Best advice I have for GP related stuff, especially is is DDU Display Driver Uninstaller. Uh, which is, is maintained and freely available. Um, very good software. Uh, you could use it to basically just clear out all of the, the display drivers that might be installed in the system. And so you can start fresh. So I, I would always do that from safe mode. You, 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 there's an option in it that makes it easy to boot into safe mode, run DDU. That at least purges the drivers. And then when you install it next time, it eliminates some of the Chance that there might be like some kind of weird conflict or something, um, but that's probably that. That would be my number one tool. Hardware info is another great one for diagnosing things like thermals.
0: Yeah, but will, what are your what are your some of your go to steps for troubleshooting hardware software?
2: I was just saying, the old you know when I was at Maximum PC or tested, it was a lot easier because you just drag the machine into the lab and then you just keep swapping out hardware until it works, and you're like, okay, well, it's probably the thing that was the last thing I swapped out. Um, it, it's for for me. You know, I, I do a lot of work on the computer and like trying, it's not like it's a test bed where I could just nuke the OS and start from scratch and see if it's a win. Like it's, it's, it hasn't been a windows problem for me in so long. I don't even think about that anymore. I run an SFC scan now to make sure there's not some sort of weird file corruption. Um, and then I, then I boot up the memory mem test disc. Cause in my experience, it's almost always memory. Um, especially since I tend to buy relatively new hardware. And like, if you like, we talked about this when we built the pc but like i assumed that the ddr5 that we put in that pc last fall wasn't going to last super long i didn't think it would last quite quite this i thought it would last a little longer than this (laughs) but um but i I didn't expect it to last last forever and and the prophecy was fulfilled i guess um The, uh, the other one is like I, Gordon recommended OCCT, I think for me to test, to do stress test on CPU and memory, which is really convenient because like, it just runs in windows. I don't have to boot out of everything. I can kind of do other stuff in the background, but not really. Um, and, and that's, that's been, that's been handy for letting me know when I'm relatively okay. But honestly, the EAC thing has me kind of shook because if mem test doesn't pick something up, I don't, I, I'm, we're in a whole new world here. <laughs>
0: uh yeah and i mean it for for the 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 times that i'm helping you know a, a more newbie you know who uh who doesn't know this stuff too much it usually comes down to updating drivers like being like hey did you did you run you know whatever windows update is or you know check out the the latest gpu drivers things like that uh or even game drivers sometimes too uh you know, people are like, ah, you know, I I pushed it off because I, I would rather play the game than, than update it, you know, something like that. Right. If I mean, I guess it's less nowadays, but yeah, like I, I feel like a lot of people I hear, you know, family members and friends and stuff, they're just like, oh, I know that update was there, but I, I paused it because I, I just didn't want to deal with it right now. I'm like, ah, you know, you should probably, you know,
1: set aside a, a little bit of time to deal with it. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's especially common, common with the gaming side where, I mean, you've, for us... Uh, being more in the space I I always forget about this but that when a game launches most people probably especially outside of the core audience that any of you know any of us would address but I bet most people probably don't go update their GPU drivers immediately when Starfield launches or something until they have some issue and then if they know how or they're aware of it being a thing maybe they'll begrudgingly update it but um, which I kind of get because at the same time it's like, you know, we don't generally update the firmware on our cameras once we're happy with them. Cause it's like, unless there's a news post that's like, Oh, Hey, it
0: unlocked this new feature. Like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, wow. I was right. that far behind. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. But it's it, it's funny as the as the games are more tied into the driver, like with the with the DLSS 3.5 stuff rolled out with uh, Cyberpunk a couple of weeks ago. I was seeing posts from people in Discord that I'm in that were like, "Hey, this looks this looks much worse than the screenshots made it look like it was going to look, or the videos made it look like it was going to look." And it turns out they hadn't updated their drivers, and it was just some weird <laughs> in between state. And and when they updated their drivers, like, "Oh yeah, it's not as doesn't look as potato-y as I was expecting from the from the first pass." So. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you know, we we have a we have a, a freak a friend of the show freak 777 power says a uh, disable core isolation. Uh is is that something you would recommend to to a normal users to disable core isolation? Is that BBS? a security thing? It is. Yeah, it's you find it in the the Windows security uh section and i know see if you like turn it off for 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 testing right because it can affect can affect some, testing
1: yeah some features we definitely disable so um we actually well we use more now than we used to but yeah some some security features we'll get rid of windows update we pause you know as soon as it's like okay the bench is set pause windows update don't let it don't yeah. let it screw with anything until we're through the cycle cuz a lot of times the cycle's like one or two weeks so, it's reasonable to sit on one Windows version, you know, just so you're not testing across multiple versions. Uh, but that said, as some features become default on and, and very prevalent, um, a good example would be uh, Windows Game Bar or whatever it's called. We used to leave that explicitly off, uh, but these days, for a lot of our testing, we have it on. So, it always, it always depends. But normally, with newer features and anything that's not default on uh we we tend to try and turn as much off as we can
2: are are you all testing on windows 10 or windows 11 these days
1: we use 11 now yeah we're fully on 11. yeah Yeah. gordon's always been a
0: hey as soon as the news thing's out you might as well just test on that that's, well, because any new kind of new thing.
2: hardware is going to ship with that, right? Like if if somebody's going on buying a PC, it's going to ship with the new version of Windows, not the old version of Windows. Or at
0: least he'll check with the, the company and be like, hey, what what did you test it at? What do you recommend? You know, we tested at kind of thing, at least to get to their what they recommend. Not that he always follows it, but at least to understand right. like, OK, in, yeah.
1: in the lab, we were we were using these parts with this version. Of I was whatever. just talking with him about that, actually, uh, about uh, reviewer guides. You know, so they (laughs) like for people who may not know, uh, the larger companies, especially or almost only, but will send out what they call a reviewer guide with new hardware. So sometimes these are incredibly useful, and and sometimes they're really not. They're just kind of telling you how to do your job, except in a way that you know best shows the capabilities of the product. And, um, normally we don't read them at all, or I don't, but. Uh, Typically, Patrick on my team will take a look at them for product setup and things. So it works out really well because it allows us to just make sure we're catching is there anything really important that uh, like some feature needs to be enabled that you otherwise might not be aware of. Um, An example would be the X3D processors like 7950 X3D where there's some specific setup, you know, and, and power plans that need to be enabled to get it to park cores properly. So that's an example of a very useful review guide. But I was talking to Gordon about it because uh, he almost, well, from what I understand, he almost always will read them or at least look at them. And uh, and I almost never do. Like I said, we have someone on the team who will you know, kind of just make sure, but I like to isolate myself from whatever it is the manufacturer is saying. And when Gordon asked why, I said it's it's because I can't help myself where if I feel like the guide is too... It's got too many recommendations that I think are kind of BS. Uh, that's not really like part of the product, you know. It's more of a it's a manufacturer talking with a reviewer, and I don't want that to influence how I'm representing the product from a consumer standpoint because a lot of times it'll piss me off, you know, if it's if the review guide is really stupid. <laughs> so, well- so.
2: <laughs> like i so i used to do video cards i never really worked in cpus but the the video card review guides were a real weird mix cuz they were like half white papers that were like hey here's like this here's here's why shader model 2.5 is important right like um which like i already knew right <laughs> I, I had already i knew why why we were excited about new shader models and video cards <laughs> at that point um, but then you could look at the way they were testing stuff. And if you read between the lines, you could see what it was that they were worried about. Right. <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, okay, so I should poke at this stuff more um but but it, you're right it, and when you're doing video especially when you're working in print it was a little bit less of an issue because you have time to think about what you're saying but sometimes when you're doing video you 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 run out of words for a second and you're like and and i, I don't want to find myself parroting a thing that i read in the reviewer's guide just just accidentally even so um i i totally i totally respect that i get that steve
1: well that's a good point about the the white paper aspects because when a lot of times they're separate now but Um, But sometimes there's still some of those like technology discussion within the review guide. And that's actually really useful if, if there may be, I don't know, like when tensor cores and RT cores became a thing, that's none of us are at least uh, in the media are, are aware that far in advance of the products, new features that like, this is going to be old news to us. It's probably still useful. So, so yeah, that, that aspect is, is useful.
0: You make a good point, though, about uh, and it really depends on company to company, though, where it's like, oh, how useful is the information? Versus, you know, uh, is it just like marketing regurgitation, and then it's our our job to kind of sift through and understand, you know, what what is important or what needs to be tested. <laughs> Will how how far back does that does that go? Do you, do you, was it all? Did it start off at least in your experience like very technical for the technical people, and then at some point just kind of like ooze into a little bit of marketing or has it always been kind of a
2: so we had to on the so i like i said i didn't work on the cpu side at all so i never really was i'd occasionally tag along with gordon to meetings but um at the magazine often we were working before that stuff was done because they do those reviewers guides for the websites and and they would land afterwards or or we'd get like a couple of the white papers or kind of stuff that they had done but like Mm. their benchmarking guides weren't weren't done yet like they ship with with the review kits for new video cards or whatever. um, th- The thing we had to fight to get them to be more technical with us. Like we had to ask for that. I, I remember I sat down with Tony Tomasi one time and uh, probably GeForce 3 or GeForce 4 launch and you tony's a great guy and is but he's a he's like a product marketing guy he's not the he's not the person making the engineering decisions necessarily Mm -hmm. he's the scientist right That's, that's doing the math that he's figuring out the math that they need to accelerate and somebody else does that but he said something like i was like well what's the upper limit for this for you know programmable programmable shader stuff and he was like oh it's probably 1600 watts and i was like wait what 1600 watts. He's like, yeah, that's the most we think we can reasonably get out of a uh, out of a North American wall uh, <laughs> wall outlet. Um, and, you know, here we are with 1200 watt power supplies, uh, 10, 20, twenty, fifteen years later, 16 years later. Um, but, but like, I had to, I had to like, as I was digging down that question to find out why he said that the PR person was sitting in the corner, just melting into a puddle because they were like, good God, we do not want to talk about this. This is exactly the kind, nobody cares about this. All they want is the number at Fries They want the box with the bigger number on it at Fries and ours has a four and the other, the other team has a three. So we're going to do better this generation. It's like, it's man, it's you're, you're past the point where you could just put a big number on the box and expect it to sell. You have to actually explain why your thing is better. Um, and, and th- like, you have to work with us to do that. That's part of the deal. So, um, yeah,
1: it's interesting to me too. Some industries I feel like are still kind of developing the technical approach to reviews, like not, not outside of computers. Uh, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago cause I was shopping for uh, mountain bike components and I realized there's really, there's some really cool stuff that could be done with testing. And we ran into this with cameras too, but where um, the some of the processes for reviewers, I think, haven't fully matured yet. So it's really interesting to see um, how adjacent industries, you know, develop their own technical version of media too, uh, like like with cameras and DP review or whatever it was called. Uh, mm. Yeah, DP
2: review not. was the, like I was going to like The camera and, people yeah. have been good for a long time, and yeah. and like if you ever went to a Canon Media Day. They they had multiple tracks usually where you could have like the hey I want to know exactly how the sensor works or I just want to know what it's like to take pictures with this thing and and like I think both of those are kind of valid review points right because there's a lot of photographers who don't care about the strobe rate of the CCD sensor or whatever right. and and just want to know is this one gonna look better than my than my last gen one
0: well, I mean it's, um, I mean with camera stuff and maybe it applies to PC hardware a little bit too but like with camera stuff like it's it can Yes, the there's the technical abilities of of not only what you're working with, but also you yourself as a photographer or video or whatever. But also like it's a creative medium at the end of the day, so you just work around whatever those limitations are. Like I, as I've gotten older, like I was definitely like a, a gear lust kind of person. I don't, I don't know about you, Dan, probably the same thing. But like like a, you know, early on, I was like, oh man, if I only had this camera, or this lens, like I could you know <laughs> do better stuff. And then and then later in my life, it switched to. You know, give me the crappiest thing, and I will do do the be- whatever the best I can do with that. You know, like like I didn't
3: feel like I needed the best hardware anymore. So,
0: what what do you think? I, Same thing.
3: Yeah, I'm probably similar, but I'd ask you if you think that's just because like you're getting older and that's how you feel about everything, or <laughs> you know specifically video stuff.
0: No, I mean we we were even talking about this earlier. Like like I have my editing rig at home is an i nine with a forty ninety. And I'm to the point where I'm like, you know what, I don't really, I mean, when I need it, I need it, but I don't need it all the time. I can probably just get away with like an i7 or maybe even an i5, like, and then not have all this heat spewing into the room for for nothing. I have an X, FX
1: uh, <laughs> FX 8370 I think at home.
0: Right? Yeah, and Gordon, yeah. I mean he has a god I don't even remember what Gordon has, but he's he's got a real old system at home too. Yeah. So now I'm starting to, to see that too of like, "Ah, you know what? You just you need what you need. You know, you can do do with what you need. You don't always need the the biggest It runs uh, Windows but, 7 just fine. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the,
2: the, I mean, the thing for me is often I'll take the thing that's working well and doesn't Take me down for a week to get the new machine set up, right? Like, like that. That lost week is a big deal at this point. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, can't take that these days. Yeah.
0: Anyway, we we got real far off of ram <laughs> testing, so let's switch over to the Q and A because I, I I get some more questions to get into. If, if you got a question now, put it in the chat at PC World. That's kind of the easiest uh, way for me to see it. Uh, if you're watching or listening to this later, there's a link in the description uh to our our full nerd Discord. We have an awesome channel over there where you put a question in and. Hopefully, I get to read it uh first uh before I keep going I, I want to say skeet sayer friend of the show skeet Scare, gave us uh, two Canadian dollars thank you so much said cables are a huge issue in gpus today uh yeah definitely check your cables uh make sure they're, I'm excited they're about fully that,
2: inserted that power power add-on for the for cards in the future that's that's a good change the
0: uh in the uh oh crap I had a,
1: a oh, well, two by six or
2: yeah, well, it's the new. The, don't the they new have something spec. that's like an uh, like at the end of the slot that's going to provide the, through the motherboard? Oh, yeah, or, that. Yeah. yeah. The 12 volt power or whatever. I, yeah.
1: Yeah. I forget what the current name is for that.
2: Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They'll call it the Speed Force or something. I'm sure it'll get <laughs> a stupid marketing name yeah. before it comes out.
0: Uh, and I, I want to go back to uh, uh, review guides uh, for a second. A uh, friend of the show, Dr. Ian Kutchris, Tech Tech Potatoes in the chat, uh, asked, uh, said, Ask Steve who the biggest culprit is for crappy review guides uh
1: i mean i, if you I won't mince words i guess <laughs> the the most recent one that bothered me was the um what is that uh ray reconstruction cyberpunk so uh, nvidia's uh was the most recent for dlss 3.5 or yeah yeah, because some of their test recommendations we said it in the video which, which is why i don't mind uh <laughs> surfacing <laughs> that but Um, some of the recommendations included like auto settings which in Cyberpunk it auto kind of adjusts with the resolution so I get it it's somewhat fixed but um, there was also a lack of of true A to B comparisons where they always had you testing in in the worst possible configuration versus the best but these things would combine multiple technologies like frame gen and DLSS and things uh, you know to to mix it all onto one pot. So then it's difficult to decipher really which technology exactly is providing what value. And that, that's um, a classic.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's like a rollback to 2003. Did they normalize, like what did they normalize the bars on? Was it like a, a one to 1.1 uh, bar or 1. I, 1.105? To their credit, I think the
1: last time that conversation came up was actually this year. And uh, the rep I was talking to did point out that the scale started at zero. And I was, I was very proud of them for that. <laughs> I was genuinely happy.
2: They, 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 we made fun of them in the magazine in the early two thousands because they did that. They So it was so egregious. It was like a 1.101 to oh 1. <laughs> 1. scale. And I was like, you're literally calling out a 2% performance increase, but the bar, like one bar is like this wide and one bar is, That's is like three 100%. inches long and the other one's yeah. a quarter of an inch long. And I was like, come on, man we're we're nerds we're, we understand math <laughs> right uh, speak
0: for yourself i hate math <clears throat> um <laughs> so uh to go back to the uh question about reliable enough we, we had a good uh, question in here from front of the show ivan R- R- reminazov uh I butchered that uh what what would you guys say is reliable enough right there there's always going to be some sort of uh problems out there sample size, but then you're always gonna run in into something. But like what do you feel like reliable is enough? They they added on to it and said there are hardly any maintenance free engineering solutions outside of micro microelectronics. So I think the PC community is spoiled
2: again.
3: I, think I mean for me it's well no started. lost work.
2: Right? Like, if I lose a podcast, if I lose, if I've been working in Unreal for four hours and it and, and Real crashes, then I lose a whole bunch of work. And, and like, I don't, I don't ever want lost work. Um, and, and outside of that, I'm fine. <laughs> it's a low bar, but also a high bar, I guess. What, what do you think, Steve? I,
1: I, I would agree with that. I, I remember that reminds me of, um, years ago. When I was in the middle of a lot of the overclocking battle stuff with Jay, uh, totally separate from that, I remember talking with David Cantor, who's an analyst in the industry, technical analyst, and uh, he mentioned to me that the memory in his home PC was running like JEDEC spec or just below it or something. He had he had uh, issues with losing progress or or just crashes or something, and so he set the memory to the minimum required to still function, but never cause problems. And I remember at that moment, cause I didn't really get it yet. Uh, I was thinking like, but there's so much, you can have so much more performance, right? But uh, these days I actually like in some of our editing machines, we're running basically like 4,800 or, or 5,200, you know, DDR five that's um, by I guess spec considered bottom of the barrel, but the stuff we do with it doesn't seem to really benefit from faster, and we never have any memory problems, which matters for production matters more so uh yeah, I would agree with the uh, it no no lost time it to troubleshoot issues especially if your job is kind of dealing with that all day anyway so well and
2: Mm. and and you're all's production pipelines are like like i i i'm having worked on a video site that's just much smaller scale than you all run like it's it's not it's no joke like the the pressure to keep that keep that kind of funnel filled and keep everything moving so it's 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 hard
0: uh well what about on the other side what about the actual hardware you know, and I, th- I think it depends on on what we're talking about specifically. But, you know, the, there was a lot of talk around the whole 12-volt high power thing, ha- how many people were actually affected, how many cards were out there. You know, some people were like, eh, you know what? I mean, we're talking about less than a percent of the people who have these cards are having these problems, so it's not that big of a deal. But then on the other side, people are being like, oh, no, like, this is a serious deal. Like, what, what about what about that? Like, the actual reliability of the hardware coming out. Like failure the, rates, I guess is, is maybe a better high,
1: way to say it. Yeah, total high power. At one point, I had a number from um, they, well, they cleared me to share it. We just we hadn't gotten around to it, so I'll share it now. But uh, cable mod at one point, at least this is probably it's been months, but they had uh, about I just ran the number again. Uh, I think it was eighty out of eighty thousand units had failed. Um, which gives oh. it, a, you know, I mean that's
2: yeah, a tenth of a percent or something.
1: Yeah, ever. when I was talking with them, I think they were saying that was uh within or below their usual failure rate. Now that story changed a little bit, which is why we didn't get around to covering it because um they ended up doing like a not technically a recall, but they kind of reissued the product and offered a credit to get a new one. And so my suspicion is that maybe that that number climbed rapidly at some point but Hmm. uh, but it's still an interesting number because at least in that would have been about probably May March or March to May timeline uh, they were at something like 60 to 80,000 units sold and they're at you know fewer than 100 failed Um, I think part of the concern though is that when it's a catastrophic failure like that it's far more severe and, and especially if there's a chance of any kind of fire right like now it's now it's much more significant than like, oh, a, an IC on your memory died or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. so,
0: I mean, it's kind of like a plane crash, right? Uh, you know, uh, very, I mean, you're you're more likely to get, you know, uh, hurt in a, the car going to the airport than the right. actual plane
1: crash, but the plane crash is going to be more catastrophic. And yeah, and um, and because of the the rarity of it and the situation of it, it's much more covered. So, especially when you're talking like in GPU's sixteen hundred dollar video cards, that's obviously a lot more upsetting to have that fail. You're you're probably not going to write a forum post about your ten dollar USB key failing, you know? But um, well, yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: And and part of having dealt with some failures this year, I, I will say that the the RMA process, like some companies are really good at RMA's, and some companies are less good at RMA's. Like the NZXT outcome was ultimately positive but it was a 30-day turn from the time i sent the first email or sent the first support request to the time i had the replacement hardware in my in my hands um when i had to swap out the cpu a couple months later intel had a new cpu on my desk three days after i sent the support ticket right like like and that that's that's not me calling special favors in that was me just using the normal RMA process and and I did I mean in fairness I did pay for the, I did give them a credit card so that they could charge me if I didn't send the old CPU back but I'm happy to do that to get that to get that quick turn on the hardware and I'll all like I that is on my main computer that is always the op- I'll always take that option basically so. Um, but like it's something I'd love to see more coverage on actually is how's the RMA process for, you know, Asus and G skill and all the vendors that we use and talk about all the time. Cause they, I think that my guess is that they will vary pretty wildly. And also it's a place where folks tend to save money because nobody talks about it really.
1: I would also say, yeah, we've, we've covered some of them in the past as kind of one-offs and, um, we, uh, that's an area where we decided to kind of just, push past the sample you get a sample size stuff right like maybe you land on a support rep who's not trained who's having a bad day or whatever um but uh us because it's not realistic to to test at a 100 a sample level or something especially without being found out by the manufacturer yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. Yeah. Ho- holy crap this one uh this one person's <laughs> returning
0: 100 Just one address <laughs> yeah. sure causes yeah, a lot of problems really weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, we kind of decided, well, you know, it it's a, it's a case study, right? Like the experience is what the experience is and it's fair to review that experience and um and uh I guess you could do some kind of preface prefacing in the language to say, you know, whatever, this is this is the GPU department. We haven't tested the monitor department or the laptop department, but even still it's um it's a fair representation. But the NZXT one's interesting because if I remember correctly, when we tested theirs, that was one of the ones we tested. Um, I th- I think the experience might not have been good for us. Uh, I'm not a, I know that was one of our higher view videos, but that was years ago, and that was for BLD. So um, hopefully your experience with it indicates improvement i
2: i had to i had to do a little bit of work like it was one of those ones where i had like intel when i sent intel the note that was like hey my cpu is not passing mem test blah 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 they were like okay hey just here's here's the rma number we'll we'll deal with it we'll eat this right mm. um because it's an expensive cpu and and you're clearly somebody you're a customer that, who who we value i didn't get the same vibe from ncxt but i did ultimately get like i said the positive outcome. Um, I, like for me, I think it's about process. Like they're like if you can do enough of it to get an idea of what their process is. Do they offer an expedited cross ship? Do they, you know, like how how do, do they immediately act like you're a dirtbag trying to scam them out of uh, RMA money, or is it is it Hey, we're sorry you're having a hard time. Um, like I I feel like once you get off of the script, then you're into uncharted territory, and you should kind of like then then it's not fair to pick on the one customer service representative who's either not trained well enough or had a bad day or whatever. Right. But like, but like it, it, it's, it's an, you're right though. It's an interesting challenge for sure. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not a, not a trivial undertaking.
3: Um, kind of going on that reliability concept, you yep. know, do you, and you guys all have tons of spare gear, but do you recommend everyone keep like a backup of everything? Cause like when 20, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. I used to keep my old motherboard old, you know, modem old everything and be like okay if this one fails because something they do when you get a new one your old one becomes the backup exactly but now I, the last however many generations I'm like you know what I don't need like it's been reliable enough
0: huh that's a good question
3: I mean, mean, well,
1: what's what's your approach? You've mentioned a couple of times having all access to the lab in the magazine days and stuff like
2: that. (laughs) Well, Well, the magazine days was a little easier, right? Um, (laughs) These days. So I I do a little bit of streaming. So I have a spare PC to do the stream when I'm playing games. And and so that that PC tends to be my last desktop PC. So if when something went wrong with the main desktop PC, that one just moved over a notch in the order and became the became the boss again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a succession of (laughs) like that. (laughs)
2: like yeah. a monarchy of computers <laughs> yeah. it's, why, it's why you have the best man at a wedding right Sometimes right. the, the the groom just scooch him over one your next congratulations um Do we gotta put you in coach yeah, yeah. It's, your, it's your time to shine billy um but yeah the uh the uh beyond that like before I started working on Unreal, I could have done a lot of the work that I did on a laptop, which is actually what I did when I had computer problems. These days, it's a little more difficult. I think my laptop would would weep under the load of a of a 300 gigabyte Unreal project.
0: That is a good point, though. Yeah, like, I, I feel like me personally, if I wasn't in this space, yeah, I would just keep my old stuff around, like, unless I, like, really need... Like, I don't think I'm in a spot where, like, oh, man, I really need to sell this because I really need the money. I mean, it's it's more so that, like... I probably won't need it at all, but at least it feels right. good to have there. But I guess it yeah, once again, depends on what you do because if if you're not doing super heavy lifting like Unreal or video editing, like maybe a laptop is a backup. Like if you're like, yeah, hey, or- you know what? I, I mostly need to, to get online. A laptop could be a backup.
1: Or you balance it. Maybe you sell the most. It's like um, I did this a long time ago. Uh, I might have been when GN was pretty new, but I would keep the last... PC I built but sell the GPU because then okay I could still use it I'll just pull it's probably not the GPU that's the problem and the new new one so then you could kind of liquidate your most expensive thing try and get some of your money back and you still have some reliability but um, yeah I'm definitely in terms of work kind of you know spoiled for access to computers because like the whole team everyone's got their own computer so if I have a problem with mine and I need to edit a video, I can go sit at an editor's PC if they're not using it. Uh but personally I I I think the approach of um keeping the last system around makes sense up until your uh your RAM or something doesn't pull forward anymore.
0: <laughs> I mean or the CPU, right? It's like, okay, well oh great, I have an older CPU, but I can't just socket that in. You'd have right. to swap out the whole motherboard and rip apart the whole system, so <laughs>
1: And it, Although I, yeah. I will say having like a NAS or something makes all of that a lot easier. Cause then at least if your system goes down and you have to do a drop in replacement, you rush to best buy and buy whatever piece of crap's on the shelf, you know, just to keep moving at least all of your stuff is you just remap the drive and you're done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: It's, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. Cause like, I mean, Steve, you and I, and, and Adam, I think you like, we don't make money if we don't, if if like when my computer is down i don't make money right so uh and 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 it's nice to make money so it's it gives me a little bit of a different perspective than when i was sitting at maximum pc and like they were like i would roll in the it department to hand me a loaner laptop when i torched my desktop machine that i was that i was working on um but i was still getting paid regardless right if i had to reinstall windows if i take two days to reinstall windows the checks would still come on friday so it wasn't wasn't as big a deal yeah
0: that was uh uh <laughs> all right, we, we got some more questions here i want to get to before we get out of here um uh, a good one came in from sort of fast uh, over on the discord uh is steve more of an ssf person mid or big case person when it comes to gaming rigs i, I you know with, with gordon around he couldn't even ask that question so
2: no, this is a, this is a trap. If Gordon's here,
1: yeah, oh yeah. Well, Gordon, if I remember correctly, has some uh, he has some extremely strong opinions about small form well a factor, lot of yeah. things, yeah. But yeah, small form factor, especially. I remember doing that video with him, and I I think because we did we run on your channel or mine on PC? Uh, the or? small form factor one was all on our channel, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because I remember some of the comments and. uh i remember reading them i was like i don't think some of these people i don't think they get that like although yes gordon has strong opinions he is playing it up (laughs) oh yeah it's always a bit
0: oh yeah
2: (laughs) well (laughs) except for when it's not i mean sometimes it's not a bit
0: no you know what and that's the problem i fall into that trap all the time like especially with the small form factor thing like he'll 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 start it and he'll start to reel me in and then i'll get all worked up and then afterward (laughs) i'll be like god damn it, he, he totally put the... He laid that trap and I just walked straight into it. He doesn't really care that much, he just cares that, <laughs> that I got heated on it. Yeah, yeah well, I, I think
1: yeah. he he pretends to care more and more as like the... It almost makes it like the, the people who don't pick up on it are the ones who are providing
2: entertainment for gordon oh yeah <laughs> you're, oh, you're yeah. pouring gas on the fire at that point yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um look yeah. As, as somebody who used to play the straight man for him when he did the rant on the max pc podcast uh you, like you just had to you just had to ask the question you just had to you had just had to queue <laughs> him up and get him going and then see what was gonna what was gonna get him going going more and more so um
1: right, yeah. well, well, a small four or uh, well, what size tower for, for for me i run larger towers normally typically full tower Is it just because it's easier to to swap stuff out or? Accessibility, yeah. I can, Mm -hmm. I can, everything's very accessible. And, um, and, uh, even though ITX has gotten relatively standardized, it's like, I, I just like knowing that if something, I don't know, it comes back to the reliability stuff where downtime is what kills me because I don't really have that much time to, to, to do things outside of work so if I lose an hour it really sucks you mm-hmm. know like the percentage of free time is very high mm-hmm. and uh, so I need to be able to pull a video card and if if I only have a three slot card around it needs to be able to fit um, so just that aspect is easier you lose the, the mobility obviously but um, you know we don't really other if, if I need to go anywhere I'll bring a laptop so
3: no LAN parties for you? no <laughs> <laughs> will uh, how, uh, how do you feel he
2: so so when i was in when i was doing more stuff with hardware like the big tower was definitely it right because you could swap video cards and you swap stuff in and out really easily now that now that the pc is much more of a thing that i build and like maybe swap out a video card every once in a while it's like i go with the small towers like the that that fractal uh meshify compact that we built in last year has been fabulous it's a little like it's with the USB hub and a lighting. I put a, I put a, put a stupid lighting controller in a couple of weeks ago. So stupid. Um, and, uh, like it's a little tight in there now on the back, the, like the, the oh, way the that they panel. do the back. So they pot the back panel just pops open maybe not my favorite thing about that case but uh but but the rest of it uh, is there, there's no cheating with those as i guess you can't just jam it in there and then screw okay. it shut it it'll, it'll have a slight bulge um <laughs> but yeah i i uh itx is I, if 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 you could do an itx size case with two slots with an extra pci express slot i would be all in on the on those small small cases oh well
0: yeah now that you make a good point like like for me it's different from work between uh, personal and work the personal stuff i i, I do feel lucky like, yeah, i i have a separate rig for gaming and a separate rig for 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 work and the and so yeah the downtime on the gaming rig whatever just means I i don't i don't play I, I i play the game of of you know benchmarking or, or reconfiguring so but i do feel like for me and I've, I've stressed this before on the show, like it actually made me a better, better PC builder to learn how to build in small form factor. That's not, for sure. Yeah. Not yeah. not yeah. only on like uh, understanding the parts, but then the cabling and having to think about it, but then also on the back end of like, okay, uh, I, I never really learned how to like mess with fan curves that much until I got to small form factor, you know? So it was just like, I, I definitely, it was, it forced me to learn things. I, I never would when it was just a, a bigger tower, eh, throw it in there. It's fine. Uh, i think so.
1: that's that's what i've come to appreciate as well as a uh, small form factor to me it seems like a lot of the fun is um is the challenge of actually like it forces you to actually go through and look at components and uh really try to match things in a, in a more perfect way whereas like you're saying with both you're saying with a full tower it's just kind of whatever everything's gonna work who cares
2: yeah <laughs> well it, it's the difference between a motorcycle and a, and a and a like a camaro right like it's it's like the small form factor yeah you know you gotta know what you're doing a little bit more there or the you just gonna mash the pedal down and you're gonna leave tire on the pavement
0: <laughs> uh yeah I, I and i will save the so i have a, a fractal uh oh, crap it's that but uh the the terra i, I have a terra oh. and i know oh. the exact gpu length that i can fit in there and so every time I, I see a new GPU come out, I'll be like, "Ooh, do I? How long is that?" Like MSI has slim forty nineties <laughs> coming out, and I know that they're three hundred twenty-two millimeters because I know that's exactly <laughs> what I can fit in a Terra. So I'm like, "Oh, can I get a forty ninety in there?" Uh,
2: <laughs> it's funny we're talking about this because I have to move my daughter's PC. She's in a she's on an ITX, like an old uh, Ryzen four, I guess. And I, I she has a huge ITX case that I used to use when I was doing VR stuff with a handle that I, I would carry around before nice. we had vr capable laptops i carried this this small form factor around with me to do demos and i i've got it she's moving removing the computer into her bedroom and i've got to get her a smaller case because that thing is enormous and and stupid so i'm i if people have recommendations please hit me uh i would i would love to know what you like in the itx space
0: nice uh here we go so a couple more um uh we can skip that one oh here oh, here's you want
1: uh, oh, no. uh, one more point on this uh if you look up the Rosewall Throne, I think, is it V2? No, that's the Thor. Rosewell Throne is the case that I have my system at home in. Oh, uh, okay. It launched. <laughs> so Anantech has a review of it from 2013. Oh. Okay. And it has wow. a cool feature. <laughs> you can push the slider button on the top and then the vents open nice <laughs> oh and you got the support for the the side fan oh, a little like what 280 yeah. i've replaced that? i think it might be a 200 or a 220 i don't remember but oh 230 Interesting. okay 230 i've replaced two of them now because that was back when uh the larger fans the um the weight i think it was the weight of the fan itself like the rotational the blades the weight of all that was causing blades to literally shatter and, like, explode. Wow. So every now and then, like, you would hear it go, like, bang, and just a piece of plastic rattle around in the case. <laughs> so I've had two of those fail, and then I've had, like, two of the front fans die. I've had one CLC die. But God, the amazing. heart of the computer is the same.
2: <laughs> this reminds me of the, what was it, the Silverstone Raven? The yeah. Side, the, the rotated one where the where the ports were all on the top? Uh, I. they had the same kind of front that that weird front panel. Yeah. Real good. That's funny. Um.
0: Uh. Front of the show. Ziv asks, uh, "Do you think we'll start seeing dedicated AI cards inherit or supplant the role of uh, graphics cards in the future? Do you? Yeah. Do you, Do you think what will we'll be slotting in our, our PCI slots uh, with AI cards, dedicated AI cards in the future? I mean,
2: you can already buy a dedicated ML card that's loaded up with uh with uh compute cores on from Nvidia they'll they'll they're happy to sell that to you if you want to do machine learning stuff. Oh, perfect. We're there. Oh, but yeah. but for for
0: the the general consumer, you you think we'll see something low end?
2: I I mean it seems like no. It seems like the CPU manufacturers and the GPU manufacturers are fighting over that space already, so I I don't I don't I don't know that people have slots, frankly.
1: My inclination is no just because I I feel like multiple times now and i was always a fan of it but you know there have been attempts to to get those secondary or tertiary pci devices like physics cards and um and uh second gpus and things like that and it it seems like we keep coming back to single device so uh i don't know i i guess the single discrete card has a lot of capabilities these days maybe they want to preserve that dedicated thing for heavier spenders
2: i mean yeah you look at the what was it bigfoot had the network processing unit which was which lasted a year maybe and then they started selling them to laptop manufacturers i think uh there was an audio processing unit that was actually super cool and just just got killed by lack of api support and games Mm -hmm. um and then the physics stuff of course nvidia bought and it's just part of the gpu now so i think that's the way it's going to go
0: so uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, Tech Potato, says, uh, I'm trying to get Intel to sell a large version of their Meteor Lake NPU on an M.2 card. They've been selling something in OEM for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow, that's what right?
1: I feel like that's also the, that's the type of thing that I hear from Wendell about a lot, where uh, <laughs> Wendell will bring up this facet of hardware I've never really even considered or thought about, I forget what it was. He just did this a couple days ago. Um, there was something he was really excited about that Intel uh, was kind of reducing the focus on. It wasn't Optane. It was something else. But it was in that same vein where he's like, no, there's this really cool stuff he can do with it. And he explained it to me, and I completely agree with him. But it's just like I maybe the dollar signs aren't big enough or the maybe the supply is short and they need it for other things. I don't know, but... Uh, those those conversations are just well, fun.
2: I it, mean, there's a lot of those that they they leave by the wayside before they reach fruition. Like like, look, if they would pushed on through Larrabee and and you know spent the ten years between when they killed it and now, probably a different outcome for Intel on on the kind of high end compute ML side.
0: Uh, a friend of the show, Davina, uh, sums up um, Wendell in a great way: mad scientists and their FPGAs. Yep, there we go. That, that's Wendell in a nutshell. Uh a couple more and then we'll get out of here. Um the oh crap. Oh uh so a uh, friend of the show Dark Helmet asks um uh why don't more SSD reviews highlight the flash memory type, such as TLC or QLC?
1: We did when we did SSD reviews a decade ago. <laughs> uh Do you think it but... do you think it matters? Or who who should it matter for, I guess? I, my knowledge is so outdated, um, on SSDs that I, I wouldn't be comfortable making a firm statement on it. I definitely at the time when there was a time where I was really studying them and and we were trying to do something with it. And, uh, based on that knowledge, I would say, yes, it matters for endurance and people who, who effectively want the drive to survive, like a hard drive might survive, but, but my knowledge is so out of date. I don't know how, (laughs) Mm -hmm will do you, do you look into any of that stuff
2: i i mean we when i last looked at SSDs, we were talking about 64 and 128 gig ones from a professional standpoint <laughs> so um the the i mean the problem we had in the early days was that uh vendors would put the same model number on different drives based on size and and relative performance so you might have two different kinds of of controller or whatever in the same same sku so it was it was it was hard are they still do
0: that right isn't that what wasn't that a samsung thing that that came up recently
2: I, I mean it happens at hard drives i know uh where they do i mean until until everybody really got really uh, angry with western digital a few years ago and maybe they've stopped now
0: hmm. okay uh yeah we, we gotta get air soon a uh, friend of the show vc jester asks uh when should we expect a merch partnership with gamers nexus and pc world steve riding an outrage pony i can't think of a better person <laughs> to, to ride such a steed
1: i mean i'd be down for that we can we can figure that out
0: well like like how how would you be riding the pony are you a hand up in the air kind of guy with i don't know
1: do you have like the the cowboy lasso or yeah right yeah uh, yeah what's what's the what's the ideal armament for riding an
2: outrage pony
1: um, and what powers does the pony possess right <laughs> a kinda...
2: C cable or yeah. a 12 volt, 12 oh, volt, 12 GPU volt high power, power maybe yeah, yeah. that's
3: good yeah. yeah that's a good one uh, dan yeah. Yeah. i was sort of imagining a fabio kind of book cover oh oh just fabio <laughs> with the hair
2: oh yeah we should do that too the, the pony's just over 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 steve's shoulder just <laughs> just nuzzling him softly <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, or he's just like leaning his head against the 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 steed just (laughs) the
1: outrage pony shirts. You guys sent us some shirts a while ago, and um, I think there were two or three outrage pony ones in that. And so uh, I put them out in the office. You know, sent a message like, "Hey, if anyone wants some shirts, there's some shirts out there." and i came out maybe 15 minutes later and all the outrage pony ones were gone <laughs> so, all right, well we need
0: to send you more then
1: because it sounds like they you they're very get popular one. <laughs> we got to get
0: you on uh and robert lawrence says uh we can call the collaboration a uh, pc gamers world ne- nexus pc Gamers I love World it. Nexus. yeah yeah there you it's go. very <laughs> concise yeah uh, all intercapped no spaces <laughs> all all of the brands yeah pcgwn yeah. There we go. I like that. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining me. I, I, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I could I could sit here and talk for for hours on end. I uh, really appreciate it. Will uh, you how how would you want people to uh, to come find you and and consume your your mountains of content that, that you've
2: sprayed <laughs> spray. Uh- they should just check out the tech pod. You can find it as, as Bran Will made a tech pod on all the podcast services, including the soon to be defunct Google podcasts. Mm, uh, and if you like video games, uh, try, try out the Crusis. It's on Steam and Xbox. Uh, it's 20 bucks. We're launching out of early access next month. And, um, it's what was a full four- name, uh, the Anacrucis, A-N-A-C-R-U-S-I-S. A-N-A-C-R-U-S-S-I-S. It's a four-player, one-to-eight-player co-op game uh, in the vein of Left 4 Dead made by uh, uh, Chet Valasek, who was the lead at Valve on Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 and um we have we have like the traditional versus mode where one team plays as the humans one team places the aliens we have mod support it's all the stuff that people don't put in games anymore um and uh, i think it's a i think we've we had a we had a pretty rough and ches talked about it on TikTok a lot but we had a rough launch um into early access uh and we've been working for almost two years now have done 50 by the time we get out we'll have 52 updates probably oh, cool um where we just work with the community and we listen to what they say and we 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 built we built the game the same way i built tested the same way we worked at maximum pc where we listened to what the people who are, who are using it say and and make changes based on that so it's been a lot of fun it's been fun to learn about making games instead of just playing them and benchmarking them for once so
0: what, when do you feel like it, it what what was the the i don't know how to word this uh, like when was when the decision turn- yeah to be like hey you know what it's 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 one point It's ready for for launch. What,
2: you know how how do you figure that out? Um, I mean, part of it is like feature completeness, right? Like we wanted to have, we wanted to have mod support. We wanted to have versus, we wanted to have, uh, the bots in a position where you can play either the co-op game just to, you know, with one player and you can play through the whole campaign just with the bots, or you could play versus mode and you could play against the bots and have a good experience like that, where you play as the aliens and you get to kind of practice that and learn how they work. Cause you know, Mm -hmm. it's a little weird playing asymmetric, uh, uh, games, with other people because you know like you mess up you ruin everybody else's game too (laughs) um uh, part of it is like like there's perf stuff. Like we run on the Xbox One and the Series consoles, which are you know the Xbox One is a pretty old piece of hardware at this point, and just getting the perf to a place where the game loads in a reasonable period of time off of the spinning rust and and um all that stuff has been has been a little bit of a challenge. Um, and and like obviously it has to be fun, right? Like like in the it's always the fun's always been there. Um but launching into early access, we had some performance problems and we had matchmaking issues and like it's it turns out making a multiplayer game as your studio's first title pretty complicated. We learned a lot along the way. Um uh, but I, I think we're in a pretty pretty good spot now and 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 we're excited to see what comes next for it. Right. We were I, talking about we,
1: this uh, internally with stuff like um No Man's Sky recently with Starfield, you know, coming out. How the way games it, it seems like games are now in an era where uh, after launch without necessarily going to expansion packs or DLC or whatever, um, it's not like you launch it and then, okay, however the launch goes writes the history for that game forever. Like it's very clearly like the ship can still be steered after it launches, which is pretty cool.
0: I mean, the amount of people I've seen recently be like, "Oh wow, the 2.0 update on on Cyberpunk is what's finally gonna get me to play right. that game." Yeah, it's just like wow, I've, I've heard a lot of people like getting back into it for, for the first time or like going back because they bounced off early.
2: It, it's it's tough because that first impression does make or break your game a lot of times, right? Like yeah. like we launched into moderate reviews on Steam and pretty negative reviews on Xbox because our performance was pretty bad on Xbox at launch. Um, the uh, the 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 like No Man's Sky is a really good example because that's a relatively, I mean, it's an expensive budget for an indie game, but it's a modest budget compared to like Starfield or something like that. And and it's a weird like it's it's tough for like reviewers, right? Because you're you're in a situation where like the 20 bucks that they spend on my game at launch or the 20 bucks that they spend on Hades like it's the same 20 bucks and Hades was a much better game you know it's a wildly different game of course but like Hades was a much better game at launch than we were and if you're spending 20 bucks on one game then Hades is the game that people probably should have bought last January um at the same time you, you, the constant updates like it gives you an opportunity to turn it around in a way that you couldn't before and and then it's a challenge of like you know, Steam is weird with early access stuff in particular and that they don't really promote it at all. Like you don't see very much front page promotion um, unless you're like one of the handful of breakout early access games like Astroneer or, or um, Dead Cells or something like that. Um, so so like there's a calculation about when you think you're good enough that you'll get the big media push on the initial release that you're going to sell the number of copies that you want to sell so you can make another game or keep updating the first game or whatever your your goals are. Um, and, and it's like you never, you never know if your answer is right until after the thing happens. And then you're like, right. well, we did that right, or no, we really messed that up badly. And, and, uh, now we're all going to go work at Sears selling refrigerators, I guess. So, um, <laughs> Toys R Us is coming back, I heard in the US. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely go check. Do you, wait. Last question. Maybe I asked you this before. Do you have a benchmarking mode? The
2: we do not, because that takes like we we're you know we, at the biggest we were we were about eighteen people twenty people. Uh, now we're five or six and and a couple of contractors. Uh, building in a benchmarking mode, we we do have the ability to record a demo, and you could play that demo back. We have not built in a benchmarking mode, okay. um, because mm-hmm. like that would have meant somebody not doing something else that actually like it's it's the it is literally the thing that people told me for years it's like hey we had to focus on the things that people are going to play in the game and i know you would have loved to have a benchmark but also like our game's weird we have a lot of ai because there's a bunch of um npcs like we have we have sometimes 70 or 80 aliens on the screen at once so there's a lot of ai going into those so they hit cpu really hard and like See, it's, that'd be it's good a, for a
0: benchmark we don't got a, I, enough cpu w- bottleneck
1: benchmarks
2: look if somebody wants to write me a check to put a benchmark in the game that will pay for the engineer for 2 weeks then I will absolutely do it. But
1: how uh, intensive is the how uh, <laughs> CPU intensive is it?
2: Um it depends on how many
1: um, hmm. like could yeah. I could I show a better question I guess would I be able to show a distinction between say an i9 like 13900k and an i7 13700k you know when you're up at that upper echelon do yeah. they diverge? I, I honestly, if I, don't, I can, I'll write the chat. <laughs> um,
2: I will send you right. some, I'll send you some codes, Steve. And uh, okay. and I, I haven't, I honestly haven't looked at it that much. It's not super, um, it's not, I mean, we're multi-threaded like most games are, but we hit four, maybe five cores on the outside. Sure. Yeah. Um, And it's not like, because it's also in the Xbox One, all of the AI stuff has to run on the Xbox One. I think we have a different path for it. Um, just because mm. we like if you're playing solo on an Xbox one you don't typically um you don't typically get quite as many aliens uh and you can't host you, you, by default you don't host games in the matchmaking pool um
1: replays tend to work pretty well though in our experience yeah but, it, yeah
2: I mean the replay stuff is in there so you could record yourself playing the game and run run fraps or whatever the current modern version All of right. fraps is on top of that and and get something that's repeatable I think so uh, I'll I'll, okay. I'll Get Adam to connect us and, yeah, say yeah, just okay. and talk
0: about the uh, uh, doctor Ian Cutrus would like to point out a benchmark mode helps your game get visible on all computer hardware reviews
2: <laughs> in in the future. Uh, it, it, it is. It's just, I mean, when you're, know, when you're know. this small a team, it is just an absolutely like we, we literally cut stuff. Like we cut features that we love all the time because they're either not good enough. Or we don't have time to make them good enough or, or, or it's, it's, it's a, it's heartbreaking sometimes.
0: Yeah. Uh, the the other question for me is uh is the demo playback based on calculating physics during the demo or is it recalling a pre-calculated table?
2: It's the normal Unreal demo playback. So I believe the physics for ragdolls and stuff like that. Which by the way, we do let you configure the number of ragdolls you have on the screen at once uh, and, and the corpse decay. Uh, I believe that the physics ca- is calculated, but the AI is probably not. So um my guess is that it is a little bit less cpu intensive because of that when i think mm. about it
1: for the and especially for the ai specifically
2: okay i didn't expect to get grilled on this today so i'm not prepared <laughs> i apologize
1: i well i i'm i'm actually genuinely gonna check it out for uh for some benchmarking options just because um cpu side especially we're always looking for stuff right it's kind of hard sometimes yeah
2: yeah no i, I remember especially for games yeah
0: uh anyway
1: uh steve uh how, how would you like
0: people to support you
1: subscribe to pc world <laughs> uh <laughs> watch watch uh watch our videos with gordon and adam on the pc world channel yeah we, we should uh, just
0: play him back on loop uh you yeah know, yeah there you go. people watch the 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 crossovers <laughs> the the many crossovers overs you guys have done over the years
1: yeah um no, I mean, for us, it's just just the the channel right now. We'll have some news outside of that in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, but but yeah, just the uh, YouTube channel as always gamers nexus
0: when, when is the when is the new mod mat coming out because I, I have the <laughs> the first generation one and it's getting a little long in the tooth, but I don't want oh, do I don't want to okay. buy the
1: next one if you got a third one coming out <laughs> we I mean, we launched the um we launched the gN 15 one. Uh, probably about a month or two ago oh, okay. at this point. So it's safe to get, um, one. I'll send you, no, I'll send you it 'cause cause, uh, I actually really like that design because we, we took some of the stuff we learned from, uh, just working with the colors on the mat over the years and kind of made it more vibrant in some areas. So I like that one. It's got a lot of, we put the front panel connectors on it. Oh, uh, hell <laughs> yeah. We, a hell lot of yeah. people were, were asking for that over the years, and uh, and I agree, front panel connectors are very frustrating sometimes, so, so we put those on there. Thank They're you. nice and large. So
0: Ooh, Hell yeah. No, I was like, at some point, I, I did have this thought uh, recently, we, we did a live build, and I was like, man, at what point am I going to finally, I, th- I think I'm almost to that point where I memorized what's what, but I'm not oh, quite yeah. there yet Uh, because I've I've messed around with it too much. Uh, Gamer's Generation in the chat says, uh, I sleep with my signed mod mat. Don't ask for photos. (laughs) They're not presentable. Uh, Also, I noticed on the mod mat, the original mod mat that you had sent us years ago, uh, we we have like enough skin cells on that one, you know, yeah. that it's just probably like, worth something. Clone everybody in the yeah. office. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's that was, not something to brag about. No, no,
2: it's horrible it's, homunculus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like Gordon and I skin cells just all merging all in, in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new DNA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank thank you, thank you everybody for hanging out on this uh the, this awesome edition of the Full Nerd. Uh, and thank you Dan for running the verticals and horizontals. Why don't you take us out of
3: here? All right. See you everyone. Well,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That was really fun.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Adam.